You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. This week on the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, it's recovery advocate and coach Tim Harrington. But first, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back just as you Come on and listen in to choose your struggle. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. This is episode 101. 101. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who reached out with uh, love and congratulations about the 100th episode. It was really nice to hear from all of you. I <laughs> I had a bunch of meetings and, and a couple of interviews for this show on Monday. I completely sort of forgotten to block out that that day uh, on my calendar and you know part of that I guess was was thinking oh you know there won't be that much work to do around the 100th episode but there was a lot there was a lot of people reaching out wanting to to chat a couple of interview requests about specifically the 100th um, and, and it was just, it was very nice and, and I appreciate it. It was, uh, I was, I was on the zoom with one of my team members and I was like, man, like, you know, this was definitely a, a stupid moment of me going, Oh, people won't really care. This isn't that big of a deal. Um, and, and that wasn't the case. And, and, you know, I'm very touched. So thank you very much to everyone who reached out and all, all the love around the 100th episode. This is a fun one today. This is a guy who, um, as you hear us talk about in this episode, when a D, who, who you all know and love by now, a D Jaffe, when he started his uh, LinkedIn group for, for those of us sort of um, willing to challenge some of the narratives and the stigma around addiction and substance misuse, uh, the first the first meeting was four of us. It was a D, myself, uh, a, a gentleman who I, I honestly cannot remember, and Tim Harrington. Tim is a guy who is a bit of a legend in the field. He and a D were, were some of the early early adopters of a lot of, of this thinking. And, and, and um, you know, Tim has been a fantastic advocate around addiction and substance misuse and, and recovery for. Um, longer than I've been in recovery. I mean, he he is he is truly uh, one of the leaders on 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 this issue, and he's done it all. And, and you'll hear that in this interview. Uh, as I as I mentioned to him, I first got connected to Tim when uh, I went up to uh, interview Elizabeth McKissick and the other members of Favor and um, U-Turn. In Greenville, South Carolina, and Elizabeth, who is wonderful, you all remember her from season one, uh, she said to me, you know, if you have not talked to Tim Harrington yet, you're missing out. And that was, you know, a couple years ago now, uh, or when we first chatted, that was a year and a half ago. And um, I immediately reached out to Tim, and, and we've we got connected and, and been chatting ever since. He's a guy that, if you follow me on social media, you will have seen me share some of his stuff. Uh, that is a guaranteed, uh, because I do it a lot. 
not not a whole lot else to say on the intro of this one. I think because I spent Monday's episode one one hundred really talking about the show a lot. You know, not a lot of updates there. Um, the, I guess the one thing that I failed to mention as much on that is that there is still some merch uh, available in the sense that as as my team and I figure out what's next uh, on merch, you know, really taking this out of our hands because we we, we don't have the time uh, to, to, to do more options the way we did the tank tops. There are still some tank tops available if it's something you've been thinking about uh, but have not got yet, please reach out. Um, I'm doing some discounts right now, so please reach out. And of course, as always, jump on Patreon. Uh, that'll get you even more of a discount, so uh, check out the Patreon. Uh, other than that, just enjoy this fantastic conversation with Tim Harrington, who, who I really respect and appreciate for his work. And I will catch you at the end with your card and your good egg. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. That famous quote by the extraordinary Maya Angelou is exactly why I speak. It's why I tell my story and mix education around the topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy with motivation, inspiration, and purpose. So when you're looking for your next keynote or breakout session speaker, reach out. Find me at my website, jshiftman.com, and I promise you, your employees, your group members, the students at your school, Everybody will come away having learned something. And that's how we create change. Reach out today. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm Timothy Harrington, and I am a person in long-term recovery. I I don't even actually call it recovery. I'm in long-term discovery <laughs> because it's just been a constant iteration of like, what is this? And oh my god, and duck. Um, and so I'm just a human being or human becoming. Actually, is probably is more appropriate. Um, and I've been in the behavioral healthcare space for 19 years now as a professional. And so that combination of that overlap or that hybrid model of professional and personal is, is what it is. And I know there's a lot of people out there um, for various reasons. We do the crossover from addiction survivor to working in the industry. And I really had nothing else to do. That's how that happened. But um, I've done a lot of different things, interventions, coaching for both the individual uh, addiction survivor, somebody in early recovery or not even interested in sort of traditional recovery. And then the family piece has been really my sort of swan song um, for the last 12 years. I've focused on uh, forming strategic alliances with treatment centers who are interested in sort of driving equanimity before, uh, between the person who is in treatment and the family system and really just tearing down the walls between them because they don't really exist anyway. Um, and just really looking at it as a whole piece. And um, so that's been the most rewarding thing up until, well, still is, but up until recently, pre-pandemic, met a guy who had treatment centers, got PTSD <laughs> from owning a treatment center. It's a, it's, that's in quotes, but, um, and kind of came from technology and was interested in, in seeing what technology looked like when you sort of mix them with the traditional brick and mortar model. And that puts us to current time, which is 
New Life, um, which is a virtual care management uh, platform um, that really addresses a lot of issues that haven't traditionally been able to be, in, be addressed because of the limitations of sort of the brick and mortar acute care model. And so I'm stoked about where the future is leading, not only myself, but just everybody who's in this space, man, whether you're an advocate, whether you're a, somebody who's, you know, struggling, somebody who is, um, you know, just in the space and wanting to take stuff to the next level, because that's really who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, whether I was using or whether I'm not using or whether I'm shopping or whether I'm watching tv it's like let's take it to the next level <laughs> let's blow the roof off the pavilion you know what i mean and go big or go home is basically what i'm saying i know you can appreciate that jay um very much so and the, yeah and, and for the listeners uh tim and i are are, are both in uh, adi's group by the time this comes out y'all have yeah. heard adi talk about his, his linkedin group and in fact yeah. uh some of those first uh first meetings it was just you and me and adi yeah, and like right. a couple other people the guy from but england the, i think that guy from england i think it was that's you right and, yeah i can't remember his name but yeah that was just us three yeah but but here's the small world aspect. So, so that is how we currently cross paths a lot. But you yeah. and I got introduced after listeners. Here's a name you'll remember from last season, Elizabeth McKissick from mm. uh, uh, down in South Carolina. I was living wow. in Charleston, went wow. up to Greenville to interview Elizabeth and, and a couple wow. of the other uh, uh, people up in Greenville. You and, turn. Yeah, you yeah, turn right in, in favor. And they favor, said, yeah. Elizabeth said, just while we were shooting the ship before we started recording, she said, do you know Tim Harrington? And I said, I, I don't. And she said, Tim's an amazing guy. He was just here not long ago on his, uh, his, his U.S. addiction tour. And well, I wonder, baby. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I said, okay, I'll reach out to him. Now, this isn't like, hey, here's a guy down the street. This is literally a guy completely <laughs> over in California that you should reach out to. And now here we are two years later doing this. So uh, the, this world is, wow. is a small one. And it's, it's, uh, you know, actually, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that tour, because it's such yeah. an interesting story. Yeah, dude, I'm telling I get the chills just thinking about it because it was so impactful in my life and my family's life. And, and we, we were literally in Australia, my wife's Australian, and we were off the grid, so to speak, because we we're on the other side of the world. And so everybody's conducting business while we're sleeping. And so we got this really concentrated time, Jay, to kind of go like, hey, let's brainstorm. What do we want to do when we get back to, to the States? It's kind of we've been doing the same thing. We're looking for we're both the kind of people that just like to, you know, take it to the next level, uh, go big or go home. And so we'd always talked about going on a trip, renting an RV. And so it went from that to like, let's buy a bus, let's convert it, let's sell everything. <laughs> so I'm not kidding when I'm talking about like, you know, go big or go home. So we did that. That's not yeah. just Tim. That's not the next level. That's nine yeah. levels up. That is, yeah. the, that yeah, is, that is the most Relative. you could possibly yeah. do in that situation. Dude, I'm telling you, it was like, and it made so much sense. So we just rolled into it. We leaned into it and we just had the best time planning it, right? All of the sort of like the dreams of the, the ideal of the way we wanted it to look and where we wanted to go and what we wanted to see and who we wanted to meet. And so we did 22 events where we talked about addiction and mental health illness related stigma. And the biggest takeaway from that trip, Jay, was just like 
so thematic of what we were going to through since since Trump was elected. And that was the whole idea of like, we need to get together. We need to not be divided in this space. We need to stop the divisions around philosophy and belief and really start to focus on the person who's suffering in the streets or wherever they are um, and stop acting as if, you know, they have the privilege of even participating in these conversations. I call them like, you know, highfalutin conversations and meetings that we're lucky enough to participate in while somebody is literally stuck in this fucking loop that's really, really, really painful. And I was like, enough of this nonsense. Let's focus on them. Let's get, let's get patient-centered. Let's get healthcare consumer-centered. And let's talk about what are the multiple ways that we can help them. Not just the way that I did it, not just the way that we do it here, but let's get on board with the way that other verticals exist in reality. And that is not every customer wants the same style, wears the same size or however you want to draw these comparisons or metaphors or whatever. We need to just focus on the person and let's, let's stop the nonsense and the bullshit of how we get all bogged down in these philosophical fucking highfalutin, I call discussions <laughs> that are just, not about solution. They're just about, they're just, they're just fucking ego. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. Right. Like, enough. yeah. And, and I think that that's something that, so again, going back to our mutual friend at D that's something that we all have yeah. in common. There's very little, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sort of a sandbox guarding in, in that group. Right. It, uh, right. Those of exactly. us who've been doing this for, you know, in that, in that particular realm. And, and yeah. that's something that I really respect about you is that from day one, now you do work for a pretty awesome organization, but you yeah. rarely make it about that. We have these, these conversations right. about, uh, making sure that people have access to different opportunities, right? To use your analogy there, it, you know, right in, until very recently, we've been forcing everybody to walk into the, the candy store and only <laughs> buy one type of, of candy. Andy, right? Go to it's dystopian. You think about think about how dystopian it is. It's just ridiculous. It's like we make movies about this where there's a rebellion because the dystopian version of where things can go is not the way that humans want to live. If you want all the power, then you're okay with that dystopian environment. But if you're not, if you're just a run-of-the-mill, another bozo on the bus like you and me. We're like that. We that's not. We're gonna fucking rebel. You're gonna maybe control and dominate for a little bit, but we're gonna come at you. We're gonna organize and we're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out how to tear it down because it isn't real. It's not sustainable. It may feel good in the meantime for some people, but it just is not. It's not sustainable. So this whole idea of, you know, one color, one size. <laughs> it's just. It's, it's now permeating down into this sort of what I always referred to as this left of center $40 billion industry that's gotten away with, you know, that dystopian version of things for too long at great expense and at high cost and enough is enough. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And, and it. you know, I think that what's so what's so incredible is that 10 years ago, yeah. that would have been you would have been the only person in a room saying that I was the only room. I was the only person. Let me let, let me just tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. OK, so I train I, I transitioned. Let's call it that I transformed my life from 
I, I was an AA legacy. I ended up in AA. I had a, I had a, an experience in AA that was not all bad. I, 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 I formed relationships I still have today. And I think that is sort of the bedrock of what AA can provide you with is some good relationships. It can, it can provide you with some shitty ones too, but that's life in general. That's just a microcosm of life going on in there. And I think it's more the insistence on something black and white when it's really beautiful color, if you if you see it for what it is, there is beautiful color, there is beautiful nuance. But if you get swept up in the in in the dogma, then you're gonna miss that, right? And I think I think good enough dual citizenship at at the least in terms of your participation in 12 step, but also in other verticals, other mutual aid support groups other let's just call it other stuff so you can have a well-rounded sort of you know viewpoint because again dystopian versions of anything is not going to get you all the way there it's going to hold you back so you and i are talking about an adi and and then and that group and other groups and we're growing and that's really exciting we are growing in numbers and so the story i'm going to tell you is that i was in that transformation going from one foot in that old paradigm into the new paradigm after I discovered William White, who's a very important person for your audience in terms of research around recovery, not pathology, not disease, but recovery going back to the fucking 60s, dude. Okay. So this is a wide breadth and depth of insight and knowledge that is so important to the audience that I can't overstate it in terms of being able to really grab context in terms of what's been going on, boots on the ground where nobody's really been paying attention from that recovery standpoint, right? Because we talk about all the time, multiple pathways to recovery, right? Multiple, multiple, multiple. And when we start talking about what's the research and the data, there's a lot of it out there that just nobody really knows about. And we need more of that awareness around that. So I'm talking, I'm starting to talk the language and I'm starting to be what people would consider a heretic, right? So I was getting, <laughs> I was getting like stiff armed here and there, right? And so I would get on Facebook, I would get these uh, Facebook messages saying, I can't comment on your post, but keep it up. <laughs> because I'll get fired basically. So, and they said, are you going to this conference? And I said, yeah. And they're like, well, I wanna talk to you, but we can't do it on campus. Can you meet me off campus from where everybody meets? In the because they can't be seen with me. So I was kind of like deep throat in the parking lot, exchanging exchanging uh, pleasantries about how they wish they could be more out. Let's just call it what it is. Um, and and we're now we're 12 years, 13 years later. And dude, oh my God, some of those people are out now. They're out of the closet. They're, they're talking about it and they're carrying the torch for um, progressive, modern, relevant, um, uh, strategies, basically. So I'm so stoked that things are changing slowly, slowly, but surely. We're still, we're still the smaller group, but yep. as my yeah. listeners know, I say this all the time, yeah. you know, I went to a conference right before COVID for, for medical, for those who work in the medical industry in recovery yeah. and AA wasn't mentioned once. So, I mean, we are, it is growing. It my is question growing. for you yeah. though, yeah. and I obviously have my opinions on this too, but, but, you yeah. know, as someone who went through AA, yeah. my question is why, and very specific why, and, and that yeah. is, 
those of us who do this, you'll never hear you or I say AA should go away. That's not the no. point of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And yet when we say, as you just so perfectly said, it just needs to be more. There needs to be more. The people who push back are, are people saying, oh, you're anti-AA. Why yeah. is there so much guarding in that sense, in, in your opinion? Yeah. So for me, it's very psychological. And that is in the sense that for the people who are really vocal about pushing back and they immediately say, why do you AA bash? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, That's not AA bashing. And by the way, nothing is above reproach, including myself. Nobody is above that. So give, I'm, I'm all down for feedback. I'm only here because I'm open to that, right? Remaining teachable, being open, you know, just open. So the people that aren't, it's very ironic because it's paradoxical because within the doctrine of AA, it's very clear that you shouldn't have contempt prior to investigation. You should be curious. Bill Wilson, by the way, who is a fucking hero of mine, he's a goddamn maverick. He was doing, he got kicked out of his own program and that is not unheard of from people who are mavericks who start movements. And he, it it was a movement. The egal approach was was why he was called one of the most influential and the book was called influential one of the most of the 20th century it wasn't because of the stuff that we get bogged down with and this abstinence only stuff and all of that and in fact that's not really a part of the whole original context of the text and the and the thing it was really here's how we did it and then and then it just blew up from there right so here's the point the point is is the why is that there is a certain sense of insecurity that exists in the people who are the most vocal, right? There, and I and I ventured again, I've never really had an intense conversation because it never goes well. But my I'm gonna assume, I'm gonna take some assumptions here. And that is is that their own well-being is tenuous, their own health is tenuous, their own um sense of self is tenuous okay and i think it's because it's built on a, a necessarily a house of cards because it really isn't reflective of what i have how i interpret the 12 steps and the what it really means and meant to bill wilson because i've read everything about what he's written post the 12 steps first he wrote the first he wrote 164 pages with with bob that's 164 pages. How many books have more pages than that? Most books, right? Okay, so so let's just all take a pause here and think about how much more <laughs> has been said. <laughs> so, yeah. so for the listeners who for, somehow don't know, Bill, you know yeah. Bill Wilson, he's talking about the founder of AA. And yeah. the, the big book is tough to read let's be honest it's not exactly a page turner but (laughs) to to your point which is a very good one some of the things that he wrote after aa are fascinating and and it's when he got more into the psychology behind it and uh, in some instances very into psychedelics and and so there dropped acid let's just call it a little dropped acid okay (laughs) yeah so so i heard someone say and i I want your opinion on this i heard someone once say that, that the current iteration of AA, the kind that we see, you know, parodied in movies and TV, whatever, is a very oh. reductionist uh, oh, yeah. a, a sort of uh, iteration of the original belief of what AA could be. Do you think that's true? 
I think that's absolutely true. In fact, I just have a recent, some, I just explored a series on Amazon Prime called Louder Milk. And it's all based on AA and this guy's in AA and he's, and it's so, it's like to me, because of how far I am down the road from all of that sort of initial relationship with the 12 steps and the big book and the rooms and all of that, it's a parody. It's all, it's, it's such a parody and it does such a disservice. And I hate these shows that try to portray in a way that is entertaining. <laughs> I'm just like, I cringe when I watch these characters talk about the 12 steps and their sort of personality around the 12 steps, because I think it does a total disservice. And I think it drives more people away from actually asking for help if that's what they know is supposedly what help is for somebody who's struggling with the experience of addiction, okay? It's really unhelpful. It's not helpful at all. And I wanna just comment all the time. I wanna call the fucking producers and I wanna call the star and I wanna find out. I'm gonna go like, you need to just, this is just, an, you need, there needs to be a, what do they call it? Like a uh, disclaimer. There needs to be a disclaimer with all of those things that this is just a very narrow viewpoint of a much larger context that is never given any airtime. And I, and that's including the media and how it's written about, like you talked about, like there's very few outlets, like there's filter and there's a few other ones where they're, where they really sort of take the whole thing and they give you a good viewpoint of what's happening in policy and harm reduction and politics and all of this stuff. But otherwise, it's the straight fucking mythic, you know, very reductive, very this is what addiction looks like. You know, those horrible photos of parents in the front street, front seat nodded out with their kids in the back seat. All of that stuff that really fucking hurts people. It doesn't help anyone. And it just breaks my heart every time because I think those kinds of ways of talking are about this story actually kills people it doesn't fucking keep them alive and it's just heartbreaking jay it's heart fucking breaking i'm i'm with you and that's why i love you know uh, when what you and i do in, in a lot now a growing number of people but there are so few people in that group again on, on linkedin but also yeah. just uh doing the work on you know talking on social media as we do yeah. that don't invite others into this realm because that's how we end these these myths that's how we expose yes. the lies expose that's them. how we help educate people yeah we got to turn on the light we got to we got to come out of the church we got to come out of the church basements and 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 gather on main street and say this is who we are. There, there is some great writings by Bill White, by the way, that draws this really intense, beautiful parallel between uh, the gay rights movement and recovery advocacy and its current incarnation and its possibilities for really changing and doing the things that you and I want to do in terms of change and advocacy because silence equals death and there's too much silence. The silence is deafening in terms of the number of people in 12-step conservatively probably, or maybe accurate, I don't know, 2 million people. Okay. That's what, that's what they're saying, right? There's 23 million people in, in remission from, from substance use disorder, right? 23 million uh, a year at least. Okay. In remission, 2 million in AA. Okay. If you took a hundred thousand people and walked the capital, okay. The nation's capital and said, enough is enough. No more, you know, don't throw people in jail for possession or paraphernalia or, 
or whatever, okay? Uh, not to mention all the racial stuff, right? The foundation of the, of, of the drug war is race, okay? All of this stuff, okay, is so important to every single person. All of it is absolutely necessary for us to get out in front of this instead of fucking playing catch up and blaming all the wrong conspirators, you know, and, 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 and the, the hypocrisy and the inconsistency and the out of alignment in terms of who we're mad at or what we're mad about <laughs> in terms of what's going on in the public eye, like the Sacklers and the, you know, and the opioid where we, we can really count overdoses, but we can't count people who are in recovery. No, we can't. Apparently we can't do that or we don't do that. Um, and so what we really need to do is change the focus because what we focus on expands and that's why we're in the shit storm we're in is because we're focusing on the wrong things. We're giving credibility and we're giving power to the wrong things, including drugs. I say this every time. If I say it once, I say it a thousand times a day on treat on LinkedIn, or I say drugs aren't the problem period next. And drugs aren't the problem period next because it's just a whack-a-mole situation. What's gonna be the drug du jour next year? What's gonna be the one next year? And meanwhile, people are dying because we're not addressing the protagonist in the story. We're not, we're not talking about it. It's just- I wrote, I, I love that so much. And, and we need more people to be saying that the drugs aren't the problem. They're not. I, I, I wrote something the other day. It's like, you know, researchers say, well, you know, these overdose deaths are really caused by the war on drugs and, and, and inequalities and going on and on and on. And then, of course, the media headline is, uh, you know, another overdose caused yep. by fill in the blank. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yep. just so yep. easy. And yet yep. it's not correct. And it's, it's, no. it is you're right. It is killing people. That is a good way to put it. It's a hundred percent doing it because, and I, and this is what somebody told me, and I think it's an offshoot of sort of the belief of Gabor Mate. And Gabor Mate talks about the reason the reason we're stuck in this loop is very simple, and I'm not I'm not going to get it exactly right, but basically the idea is he says we don't move forward because we're afraid, I'm afraid, of exposing something about myself. If I'm going to really fight the good fight, then I'm going to have to go all in. Okay. I'm going to have to get, go all in. And that means I'm going to have to expose some weakness of my, of my own. Right. And so it's like, in order for us to get past and in front, we all have to say, it's me. It's not you. It's us. It's we, okay. I'm part of the problem. I'm, I can't just be a guy who goes on social media and spouts. This is the problem. Opiates, the Sacklers, big pharma, I mean, you name it, whatever it is, it's not it. It's me. It's my perception. It's my beliefs. It's the policies that have been created because of those. It's 100 years of criminalization. There's no context. It's about choice. One thing, choice, not human behavior on the continuum, but the choices that you're making. And we just don't understand why you keep doing it. Please stop <laughs> making those choices. Okay, stop it. It's bad. It's wrong. You're bad. You're wrong. Or what, however, we're doing it in this black and white thinking, this all or nothing proposition, just say no, right? All of those totally inappropriate, but not based in reality arguments, okay? And so because we do that, we just keep counting bodies. We keep making excuses. We keep blaming something like a drug. Or a, or a drug policy alliance, or anybody who believes in 
decriminalization or anybody who believes in all of this, they're all, they all become the smokescreen for somebody just saying, we're not getting it right. We've made a mistake. We have wasted a trillion dollars. They're going to just keep going all in. And it's like, oh my God, to what, to what end? How many bodies have to pile up before you're willing to say, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need a, maybe we need a combination of things, not just this and that, but maybe both. How about that? Maybe we give that a shot. No. Well, <laughs> I'm right. Well, you and right. I could do an entire episode on, on this because it's, <laughs> it, it, it's something that we agree on and we, it's, it's very important work. But I do want to talk about the work you are literally doing. And yeah. before we do that, we should pause and, and please shout out where people can find you online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right now I'm very, very, very 100% invested in virtual care management, this thing that was already happening at a very slow pace. Again, change is slow. Um, But thanks to the pandemic, somebody said the other day, never let a a crisis go to waste. Really take advantage of it. Innovate, innovate, innovate. And I think we've done that to a certain extent. And so we are innovating in the sense that we're trying to partner with brick and mortar treatment centers to expand access, to improve outcomes, to reduce costs, to basically go from exclusivity to inclusivity, to to address some of the very real challenges that exist in the old model. The old model is very much uh, treatment centered, and we're saying that's not working, guys. We need to be we need to be healthcare consumer centered because they're going to tell you what they need. You can fulfill those needs, and we can start to get out in front of this and literally change the trajectory of people's lives and addiction treatment. And and that's what we want to do. We want to impact a million additional lives, okay, by saying, let's stop doing it the way we've always done it. This is the whole theme, right? My themes are continuing. No matter what I'm doing, the theme is the same. Let's stop doing it the way we've always done it. Let's get radical. Let's Let's get modern and relevant. And let's change the way we do things so that we can change lives. Otherwise, we're going to end up having the same conversation every year after year. Why aren't things getting better? Why aren't we changing? Why aren't outcomes getting better? What the hell is going on here? Why are we even in this space if we're not holding ourselves accountable to a higher standard? I don't understand it. Why are we satisfied with 10% improvement? (laughs) That's ridiculous. And I'm sick of it. And so this is as much of an advocacy play as it is a business play. Because everything I do is combined with advocacy as well as what I'm doing for a living to be self-supporting. But it's it's got to be both, and that's what I'm that's what I'm calling people out right now, Jake. Right now, I'm calling people out. Whoever's listening to this, you cannot be in this space and not be an advocate as well. Don't go to work and then go to a church basement and hide out. Go to work and then go to the Capitol. Go to work and then go to your local representatives. Go to work and then find out what your local representatives are doing about bettering the situation for people who are struggling in the streets. And enough, because we're not going to be able to do this unless we get a critical mass of people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same old, same old, right? That, that, same, that cliche has to transmit into policy, into the way we see each other as people who struggle with mental health illness and addiction. If we don't do that, then we're going to, again, we're going to be having the same goddamn boring conversation about, boy, I wish things were different. And it's like, Really? Well, then you're going to have to get busy. You're going to have to take action. You're going to have to get off your ass 
and get out into some advocacy group, get into some group and start to help move things in a different direction, okay? That's what I think is really what we need to do is to call people out and say, yes, go to work and have a living, but also, also, don't just go and hide out in your 12-step group or in your community groups. Go into the streets, go into the streets, go to the Capitol, go to your governing bodies and say, we're tired of 87,000 people and that's conservative. That doesn't include suicides and all kinds of other things that have happened in terms of the last couple of years in terms of deaths, Jay. That's conservative, that's just overdose death. That's not all, anything else. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of people and yet it's crickets, it's crickets. Can I just say one more thing before I get off this rant? Do you remember Ebola? Before there was one person in America that had Ebola, there was an emergency session of Congress and they committed a billion dollars to fight Ebola. And there was one person who had it, nobody had died. And we have 80 to 100,000 people, okay, who are dying of overdose, poison drug supply, no widespread distribution of Suboxone because we have these rules and hoops you gotta jump through, all of this stuff because of stigma and discrimination and marginalization and years of criminalization. And yet we're okay with bodies piling up like this. This is fucked. This is so goddamn fucked. And people should be ashamed of themselves if they're hiding out and they're not fucking saying enough is enough. It's just, it's, it makes me so angry. I'm definitely with you. And, 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 you know, before we move uh, literally into the work your awesome company is doing, though, if someone yeah. is feeling this and wants to hear more from you, where can they find you online? <laughs> We're all you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, just look under my names. Uh, uh, Facebook, of course, uh, Instagram uh, at sustain your recovery is my Instagram handle. But wherever there are other people to share ideas with is where I'm going to be because this is how we start to build critical mass and how movements are built, right? They're built in the social media space where things can go viral, where people can speak to what they're passionate about, right? And it doesn't matter how many people are listening. That's the whole thing. Anybody who has a million fucking followers right now started out with one, okay? So let's just think about expression first and foremost be mad be upset say it loud and say it proud okay and that starts and then and then this is what i learned on the wide wonder tours tour circling back traveling the country on a bus is that we take all of these little verticals and silos and then we all come together and we make one big giant silo okay we need to tear down those walls and make big giant groups that say enough is enough of this we're done with this. We're done with focusing on drugs are the problem. Welcome to drugs are not the problem.com. Okay, that's how you start to build critical mass and how you build movements. But you got to start talking. You got to get mad and you got to be loud. That's what we need to do because we're going to, you and I are never going to stop. I'll be screaming something when they put me under, right? They're not going to be able to shut me up because the stakes are too high. They keep getting higher. I have kids now, right? I have, different value systems that have evolved over time. And I am not going to be one of those people that if my kid, God forbid, struggles with this, I should be able to know like this, 
who's the best, who's got the best outcomes, who's gonna, who gives me the best value for my healthcare dollar, where am I sending the people that I love, or the people who call me and say, Tim, where's the best place? You know what I mean? That should be easy. It should have gotten easier, Jay, over the last 19 years in this space, and it hasn't, and that's fucking bullshit. I am with you, and and, and uh, I definitely agree with everything you, you just said. <laughs> Y'all know I love to read, and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From Adid Jaffe's Abstinence Myth to Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org shop CYS and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. Check it out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash chooseyourstruggle. So tell us, though, a little bit because you, you know... You are obviously an incredible advocate, but you do have a company that you work with. So tell us about New Life. Yeah, so New Life Virtual is a software as a service, just to get technical, platform. So it's like an, it's, it's, a, it's a mobile app that has been built over since 2017 in many different iterations before I came on board that is designed to take advantage of the idea of connection, connection being the currency of wellness. This is something we really believe in, okay? How do you foster more connection in this space? Well, traditionally, the default is go to treatment and then go to AA. That's your aftercare plan. So that's your community. Well, that's 2 million people. What about the millions and millions, the 18 million other people who do not consume services, by the way, okay? There are 18 million people who are clinical for substance use disorder who do not, for one reason or the other, do not consume services. Most of those reasons are rooted in stigma, okay? So if you can say, say you're a treatment center that gets 100 calls a month, okay? You book 10 into your brick and mortar. That's your business model, all right? What do you do with the 90 other ones? You send them back out into the Google sphere. They have to fend for themselves. You refer here, you refer there, but they're not coming into your brand. You're just taking the ones, you're creaming off the top, you're saying these are your 10, if you have virtual care, if you were to set yourself up for virtual care, okay, you increase your billings, you're, you increase the opportunity to engage with people in your brand, which you spend a lot of money on, that you're very proud of, and now you can say, you know what, you sound like you're perfect, you're not, you're not right for inpatient, but you're right for this. So now all of a sudden you're, taking, you're not taking 10, you're taking 15, maybe 20, and now you've got these people in your brand, and the people who do, do come into your brick and mortar, now you've got continuing care because everybody's on your app. So now you've got digital continuing care where you can stay in contact at a much higher level than a 30, 60, 90 day phone call to some, from somebody nobody knows. Who, no, there's no relationship. They're just like, are you sober? <laughs> 
wow, there's an outcome. Uh, are you sober? Uh, yeah, no, I'm sober. You know, like <sighs> bong hit in the background. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not modern. It's not relevant. It's not about outcomes. It's not about long-term care. You can't do that in the brick and mortar paradigm. You need some digital bridging. You need some digital help. You need a hybrid model, all right? Click and mortar, we're calling it, okay? And the idea is, is that now we can fulfill by, by getting out of the silos, building digital bridges, creating prehabs and posthabs, all driven by this constant contact, right? 24-7, 365, branded app. Everybody can stay connected. By that constant contact, we have a better chance of early intervention, reducing healthcare costs, keeping people in community, keeping people connected at a much higher level, driving costs down, increasing recovery capital. It's just, it's just the right way to do it. I mean, I just, I've been in this space for 19 years and everybody always talked about continuing care. Very few people participate in it, dude. Very few people. We're talking 15%, maybe 20% for many different reasons. Convenience, stigma, treatment burnout. I mean, you name it, cost on and on and on. And we all just say, eh, sorry, that's really all we have to offer. And I call bullshit again. No, we have other things we can offer. Let's step up to the plate. This is very similar. This is very similar to advocacy. There's not, you can see thematically it's the same. Let's stop doing it the way we've always done it at great cost. Let's, let's raise our standards. Let's hold ourselves to higher standards greater expectations so that we can save more lives, impact more lives, reduce costs. This is where everything is going, right? We know that. That's all anybody's ever been talking about since that pivot back in March of 2020, right? Everybody had to go fucking, they had to go to teletherapy. Well, this isn't teletherapy, this is virtual care. It's remote patient monitoring and a teletherapy option, but it's really about community building and keeping people connected over the long term. And you do that with apps. That's that's basically it in a nutshell. Yeah. So if, if someone's listening to this, right, and they're yeah. going, oh, yeah. my God, like this is exactly what I need. Do they go online? Do they download the app first? How, how does someone get, get involved with you? Yeah, newlifevirtual.com. Okay, you go to there, and it'll start to explain in, in more detail. But just think about this. People are going to consume more digital health care in the future, not less, right? That's where everything is going. Everything is going. Consumers love it. The, the results and the outcomes are way greater than anyone expected because that's what's been happening. That's what's been happening since March of last year, particularly in this space. In other, in other spaces, Jay, again, people are way ahead of behavioral health. <laughs> we're, we're coming late to the party again, okay? All right? And now it's just I'm not waiting. A I'm going to push again, again and again and again to speed up this process of Recovery, let's just call it recovery for treatment centers, okay? You, we get to recover from the old paradigm that doesn't get us the outcomes and the engagement that people are looking for, right? You build it, people will come, that's it. If you say to somebody on your website or in your admissions, we have virtual care, they're like, what? Virtual care, what does that mean? You can recover in place, stay at home, recover at your own, your own pace. You don't have to leave, you don't have to quit your job, you can stay. And by the way, let's talk about myths in terms of the overall landscape of people who are struggling. 70% of people who are clinical for substance use disorder are still employed. 
okay? 70%. But what does the industry do? Wait till they get fired, <laughs> okay? We're just gonna wait till you get fired and then you'll come to us, okay? And let me, let, me, let me talk about something else really quickly. The 3 million people that are consuming services through the 16,000 outlets for substance use disorder, 3 million only, okay? Out of the 21 million who have substance use disorder, so that leaves that 18 million who aren't consuming services. The 3 million that are, the majority of them are there by coercion. What kind of a model is that? Okay, and we're wondering why people don't stay sober or they don't stay in recovery. It's a terrible model. We're just saying, let's remodel the model. <laughs> That's it. Well, and, and, and I definitely agree with you. That's where, you know, the, this industry is headed. A lot of the, uh, the best organizations, whether it's yours or yeah. Lion Rock or Ideas Ignited yeah. are all yeah. heading in this virtual or, or as you said, click and more and mortar, right? A little bit of both. So yeah, uh, props yeah. to you for that. And it'll be really interesting. I think we'll look back 10 years from now and we'll look at guys like, the, you know, like the three of you I just mentioned and be like, yeah. man, why, why weren't more people doing that? Okay, well, yeah, all you got to do is go back to 99-2000 and think about all the people in e-commerce who said the same thing, right? So Jeff Bezos is the richest man on the planet, and that doesn't make him great. It doesn't make him not great. But what, what he said was, yes, people will buy books online, while everybody else was saying, why? If I can just go to Barnes & Noble, why do I need to order? Why would I do that? Well, here we are, 2021. The answer is pretty clear. And there's a graveyard full of people who did not go with the e-commerce platform. And it's because they just didn't get it. And there's the same inflection point right now in this field. There are people that are gonna say, no, face-to-face -face is the best and blah, blah. They're gonna get very protective, right? We talked about that earlier about people's recovery. They get very defensive, okay? Well, listen, it cannot be about you, okay? It's gotta be about, and it gets to be about the healthcare consumer. Stop making it about you. Okay, that's the problem. We have treatment-centered care. We need healthcare consumer-centered care if we're going to get better outcomes, lower costs, and impact more lives. We, we can't do it with 16,000 treatment centers serving 3 million people. That's just, that's just preposterous. It's not sustainable. It's, we're not helping enough people. We need virtual. We need digital. We need to get on board. We need to get, we need to go to the goddamn party and say, show me how to do this. Show me how to be better. Show me how to access, help more people. Why aren't we saying that? I don't get it. It's very frustrating. And it's again, just like the same thing we've been talking about since the beginning of this. Why do we just keep staying with the same thing? We actually treat people and say, why do you keep doing the same thing over expecting a different result? And I would look back and go, how come you do it? Treatment center owner. How can you keep doing the same thing over expecting a different result? Well, because you have one thing, and this is, I'll finish with this, because you have the out of blaming the patient. That has to fucking stop. Well put. Well, you and I, as I, I've now said twice, <laughs> you and I could do this for, for multiple hours. I'm yeah. very cognizant of your time. So yeah. before we get to the final couple of questions, yeah. uh, just one more time, shout out all the links where people can find you online. Yeah, I would say go to newlivevirtual.com. Go to New Live Virtual on Facebook. Um, there's a company page on LinkedIn, New Live Virtual. Look that up. There's 
what we're very proud of doing besides the work we're doing and just, you know, trying to, you know, develop these collaborations with treatment centers so that we can increase our reach, help more people um, using their networks is we're really wanting to educate. Okay. So most of the posting that I do, it's a mix, but most of the posting that I do is educational in nature in terms of what is virtual care, who's doing it, what does it do for you? Where is the, where are we going? You know, where have we been? What it was like, what happened and what, it like, what it's like today. And how can we take advantage of that context in order to become better businesses, become better coaches, better practitioners, better therapists, better business owners, right? Because ultimately at the end of the day, we just want to be better at what we do, right? We want to help more people. Well, if we're going to do that, we get to be adaptable. We get to look to the future. We get to pick up more tools. These are the same instructions we're giving people who are struggling with with, with addiction. So let's take that on board ourselves. Let's be open-minded. Let's be curious. And let's let's move this. Let's be champions. Let's let's be innovators. You know, that's what we're asking of people who are struggling. Let's do that as business owners, as providers and practitioners. Let's ask that of ourselves too. And we can change things at a much faster pace, which means we're going to be impacting many more lives. And that's what I want to see happen. And so go to my, go to new live virtual on all the platforms, search it, like the Facebook page. You're going to see tons of stuff on there about the industry, about lots of really fun educational things. And then you'll also see some things and be able to find out what particularly new life is. And we'll go from there. And definitely follow you on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I can attest yeah. to that. Some really good. Yeah. I, I share your stuff all the time. So my followers yeah, probably already have seen that. <laughs> so we finished with the same two questions on every show. The first of which is, what is your self-care habit? What works for Tim? My self-care habit is walking in nature every single day. I get away from my desk and I've done this you know, for a long time. Nature is where you get the strongest connection. I don't care what it is that you're looking for. Nature will reflect back to you energetically. Like literally the other day I hugged a tree. And the only reason I did that is because somebody said, if you want to get grounded, you know what, who's the, what is the most grounded thing in the world? Trees and plants. Okay. So I went up and I hugged a tree. There's a thing called earthing, by the way. I don't know if my, I mean, look it up. I'm not going to go into it, but look it up. But it's about connecting with the energetic stuff that's going on in nature. And by the way, Jay, you and I and human beings are nature. We didn't come from another planet, contrary to L. Ron Hubbard's belief. We did not come from another planet, Xanu or whatever it's called. I might know too much. Don't, don't, uh, don't be mad at me for that. But nature, man, nature, nature, nature is such a calming, amazing energy. So that is number one. Number two is meditation, okay? Guided meditations. There's a great app called Synctuition, which is all about 3D sounds that'll blow, literally blow your mind. And then Calm and Headspace, I highly recommend them. They are amazing resources, both for content and just education, but also the way that they help you with uh, curated uh, things. By entering some of your data, you'll get a really curated meditation plan, which is awesome. 
All great tips. Thank you yep. for that. Uh, yeah. I, I always finish with the same last question. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've now spent the last almost 50 minutes hearing how you're amazing. We should all be following you, which we all should. Uh, but this is your chance to shout out some other things. You know, what are you reading? What are you uh, mm-hmm. listening to? Who, what are you watching? Who are you following that we should all go check out? Yeah, right now I'm following everybody who's in the trauma space. Peter Levine, uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, I'm I'm going and watching uh, anything that I can. Uh, Gabor Mate, as usual. Um, but some of these other people who are contemporaries of his, Peter Levine and Bessel van der Kolk, there's a great book called The Body Keeps the Score. I highly recommend that book. Um, Peter Levine, I haven't read any of his books, but I'm going to one of his uh seminars, uh, online virtual seminars, anything that has to do with trauma, because we live in a trauma phobic culture. Part of the reason it's very difficult, this is coming full circle to the reason why things haven't changed for a long time is because it really is this sort of trauma phobia that's been going on for many, many years. And if we can break through that, we can really start to shift ourselves individually, but also as communities and as the planet, because it is the thing that we have all have in common as a planet, people are, and by the way, trauma is subjective. So don't compare traumas, whatever you do, don't go there. Because <laughs> one person's trauma is another person's get over it. So be very respectful that it is subjective. But what I'm listening to is whatever my kids are listening to. They're sending me playlists because they have great taste in music. They're very different. Um, but I really enjoy um, Mac Miller. He is this kid who God rest his soul, rest in peace, Mac Miller. Every time I think about him, I want to cry. Oh, fuck. That kid was so talented. And he was so, like, he had aspects of, of, of what we all have and that sensitivity and that, that insight and that wanting to help people and wanting to be expressive and creative. And so I listened to him a lot. I, I yeah. by the way, that's a great point on Mac Miller. I feel the same yeah. way about Juice World. If your oh, kids yeah, haven't same. sent you same. Juice World, oh no, I'm uh, I, that's another one. Absolutely taken 100%. way too soon, and and a, such a great stigma busting artist that he he was willing to voice things that other people would not, and you know he that's overdosed, right. and that's so sad. That's right. So artists are a big big part of 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 who I am, and I and I know some people who have been through some people uh, who have been through publicly stuff, you know, and so I'm very sensitive to how we gossip about or speculate about people's use or people's mental health challenges. And that's come up recently in the news. And it's, it's one of those things, again, stigma is what our whole tour was about. So read whatever you can about stigma. Um, There's a great uh, website called uh, stigma free and, and just search on Instagram too. people who are, um, uh, there's a one called million. Let me just look this up. This is super important. I, I want you to know about these people. Uh, also Jay, um, super, super incredible organization. I'm going to meet with the guy who started it. He does this whole, um, made of millions. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Made of millions on a mission to change the world, how the world perceives mental health. And he had this whole, um, thing about shame. A shame stopped me from, and it, I, I recommend this to everybody. Go to their Instagram page and just look how powerful it is. The messaging that this guy has come up with somebody that you should reach out to and have on your show. He is an amazing dude. Um, anyway, made of millions is something that I'm, I'm, I'm following all the time because it's very inspirational. It talks a lot about shame. That's something that we'd also should all be talking about along with trauma. It's one of those things that keeps people 
silent in a big, big way. <laughs> well, we could do a whole uh, other episode yeah. on on some of those topics, but I, I very much appreciate you being here, Tim. It's always good to catch up, and and you're doing so much uh, awesome work that sometimes it's hard to keep up with all the great stuff you're doing. But it's well, it's, it's great, and I'm I'm glad that we were able to carve out this time. Me too, Jay, and 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 props to you, man. And and let's just keep going. Everybody who's listening, take it to the next level. If you think you're there, you're not. Let's go one rung higher because the stakes are super high and we do have, we can make change and we can make great change. I believe that this is the decade of the hero. And that means each and every one of us, and I mean this seriously, each one of us can be a hero in our own way. Carve out whatever niche you want that you're passionate about and take it to the next level because that is going to save lives. That's going to impact lives. That's going to change people's trajectory. And this is all about getting knocked out of your orbit so that you can see things for the first time. That's what psychedelics, that's this whole movement. We can do a whole thing on that, but it's about changing your mind to change your life and others. And that's how I'll leave it. I am so excited to tell you about my new CBD sponsor, Roadrunner. Y'all know I love my old CBD sponsor, and I switched for one main reason. This stuff works. I've been a runner my whole life, but unfortunately, I'm also super easily injured. One of my high school friends used to call me Mr. Glass. And back in 2015, when I ran my first half marathon, I got hurt, like really hurt. And since then, I haven't been able to run more than three or four miles without serious pain. That is until I tried Roadrunner CBD's Muscle Gel. In a few short months, I'm regularly running five and a half to six miles each outing, and I'm currently training for my next half marathon. I don't want to call it a miracle cure, but it's damn near close. So check it out at my personal Roadrunner link, which is roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS, or at the link in my show notes or on my podcast website, and use the code CYS at checkout to get 10% off on all of their awesome products. Check it out today. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this awesome conversation with Tim Harrington. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I said this a couple of times before I said it on, on the intro, but but definitely check out Tim on social media. He, he is a guy who sort of uh, lives what I aim to do with Monday episodes. He really starts conversations in a... In a in a wonderful way. Uh, there are times where Tim will will post something and talk about something that I'm not even aware of because he's just he's been doing this for so long. He's forgotten more about this work than most people know. So definitely check out Tim on social media and in his in all of his work with New Life and everything else. So he he is truly a guy who's doing fantastic work. I'm going to talk about your good egg first before we do the card. I forgot to mention this on the way in. But the birthday fundraiser, the, the 2021 birthday fundraiser is live. Now, you, you may remember, if you've been listening to this show since last year, that last year for my birthday, I set a goal of raising $10,000 for uh, Drug Policy Alliance. 
which is a fantastic organization. And thanks to all of your hard work, we ended up raising $12,000, over $12,000. And uh, Kellen Russiniello of, of Drug Policy Alliance came on the show after that to talk about what is being done and kind of where that money would help. So we're doing a different organization this year. I've set a goal of, of 2,500, a lot easier to 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 hit uh, than last year, for Savage Sisters. Now, some of you may know, I've mentioned this a little bit on here. I've talked about it on social media a lot. I joined the board of this amazing organization here in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. They are doing simply just life-changing work. They have recovery housing. Uh, they have four places right now. They're, they're uh, shooting for a couple more. Um, that that helps people who have already gone through treatment, but but as they're getting back on their feet, find a place to live. Uh, the, the houses are very. I mean, it's just. It, I don't think you can overstate how important the the role of recovery housing is. But they also do outreach, and this is the part that I've been much more involved with so far. Uh, in, in some of the neighborhoods that are hard hit here by it, it, being ignored uh, by, by you know, our leadership and the, 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 the people who, uh, you know, look, every city has neighborhoods that, that are beautiful and have just so much money has been spent on. And all of that is, is not happening in a lot of other neighborhoods, you know, that the city ignores it or, or um, people who give funding to help neighborhoods be beautiful, ignore it, you know, and in these areas, Savage Sisters operates, they, uh, we give out um, things like food and water, um, uh, clothing, uh, harm reduction tools like Narcan and clean syringes. Uh, again, these are truly life-changing uh, life changing experiences. So I deeply care about this organization. Uh, I reached out before I even moved here to the founder, and we've become friends, and I'm lucky to call myself a board member. The link to this fundraiser is in, the, is in the show notes. You'll hear me talk about this more in the next couple of weeks. The, the it'll go for three weeks, so um, you know I think we can hit that goal. Where before uh, this is even dropped, we're already ten percent of the way there. So I, I set it lower because this is not a national organization. So I kind of figured that less people would get involved, but so far people have been very kind. So I hope this continues. Um, your good egg is not to donate. I, I can't ask you to do that. If you have the money, please do. I, I very much would appreciate it. Uh, you can find the link on my on my Facebook or in the show notes here. Um, it's shared all over. But also, uh, what's really important is just to share the link. That's your your good egg. Just share it. Um, you can tag me. You can mention that you heard it here, and I, w- I will very much appreciate that. Uh, and and you know that the awareness is is such an important piece in fundraising. It's just having people know that this is happening. I got a donation for ten dollars. Uh, a couple days ago from someone that I've never met. She was uh, connected to me through a harm reduction group in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and, it, you know, those are the kind of things where if, if I hadn't shared this, she doesn't donate, right? That's $10. It doesn't happen. And, and so that's so important. So please just just share it. That That's your good egg. Share it around. You can put it on any social media you want. Tag me if you would like. I would appreciate it. So I can see where it's going, but you don't even have to. You can just mention that you heard this on, on one of your favorite podcasts, Choose Your Struggle, and, and you're sharing the, the the donation page. So again, 
You can find that in my social media, um, Facebook especially. I've been sharing it a lot there. But by the time this comes out, it'll be over other places too. And uh, the show notes, you can just find it in the show notes. It is a Facebook fundraiser. Uh, you know, the organization is so young that their fundraising page is still uh, under under construction. And so, just to make it easier, I have shared uh, just set up a Facebook fundraiser. So, thank you for that. Thank you in advance. Today's card, we're going to use uh, Rick Hansen's Just One Thing card pack. These are 52 practices for more happiness, love, and wisdom. Here is your card. Accept difficulty. Life is full of challenges, from little hassles to major crises and tragedies. When we resist the difficulty in, in a change, that simply adds to the stress. So try the attitude of accepting difficulty instead of getting aggravated by it. Acknowledge any stress, wariness, frustration, anxiety, or pain that you feel. Accept the impact on your body and mind of whatever is difficult. Say to yourself, this is difficult and it's okay that it feels difficult. Recognize that others face difficulties too. Recognize your shared experience with them, our common humanity in carrying burdens. Uh, that is that is a great card. That is, like that's such an important one, and 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 we talk about this a lot, thankfully, because you know I don't think I can go a, a day on on Instagram without seeing a post that says like you know everybody's carrying a burden that you don't see or everyone's struggling with something that you don't see. That is such an important thing to remember, um, and, and and I think it goes hand in hand with something I've I've said before on this podcast, which is the benefit of the doubt. You know, the the it's easy to just jump to oh well this person's just an asshole. You know, or this person is is just a, a dick, and, and in reality, maybe maybe they are, but also maybe that person is struggling with something that we can't see. Maybe that person just came from their home where they had a huge fight with their spouse. I don't know. We have no idea, and so that piece is incredibly important, both for yourself to recognize that it's okay to struggle, obviously, but also in other people recognizing that, hey, I don't know this person's life. And because of that, I can't judge. Um, that's that's super, super important as I am struggling <laughs> to put the cards away. Um, that's my struggle right now. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just struggling. So anyway, while I struggle with these cards, we'll go ahead and end it there. But as always, the most important thing is to be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.